Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey, Iz. Hi, Em. I need to tell you something I just saw on my feed right before we started recording, which is a post from Bravo, oh my God. Middle shot is the photo of Seth and Meredith in the bath, pick-stitched with on top Tamara and Eddie in the bath, and below Joe and Teresa Judice. And I'm telling you, it is taking me back. I have such a love-hate relationship with the bathtub scene. I'm sad they didn't include Karen and Ray, but they're so cringy when you watch them, but iconic when you look back. That's how I feel. It's like in the moment, I do ask myself, why are you doing this to yourself? But then I am happy that we have the content in retrospect. Something I just saw on my pre-episode scroll was the first headline has come out about Bethany's Rewives podcast. I haven't listened yet, but it launched this week. She's doing a podcast where she's recapping iconic housewives episodes with special guests and her first episode with elizabeth moss just dropped and the first headline that's come out is page six bethany frankel sonia morgan almost got fired from roni during season 10 and it basically says that bethany sort of spills the tea that a producer had said to her like we gotta let sonia go and that bethany sort of helped push along this plot line between sonia and tinsley and how they had such a big feud right after Tinsley was living in the townhouse. I mean, (laughs) I hate to say this, but Countess Luann was fucking right. She was on Danny Pellegrino's podcast this week and was being kind of a hater and very shady about Bethany doing this podcast because I think she's felt that Bethany has really looked down on Housewives since she left. But now she's sort of coming back and making this her next chapter to monetize off of Housewives again. So Luann was just not into that. And she knew like there's going to be this whole cycle and Bethany will drop all these bombs and it'll be great. But you can be a hater, but the numbers speak for themselves. Like Bethany's podcast was in the top 10 before it even premiered. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like Luann's not wrong. I do think that Bethany uses Housewives when it's convenient for her, but also it's all about the money for her. And as much as I guess you can hate on that, clearly she's doing something right. Because I think even skinny girl money aside, I think she's rolling in it, don't you? Yeah, I think it's the same thing with her TikToks. Like you see a lot of people sort of hating on them, but the TikTok numbers speak for themselves. And by the way, when she talks about a product, it sells out. So people are taking it seriously. It's just the Bethany effect. And I think Bethany knows If anyone can just take a mic and talk, it's Bethany. 
And to now have the free reign to give any behind the scenes and explain exactly how Housewives works with no repercussions, I understand where Luann is coming from and I get how it's probably pretty annoying for her, but it's just the name of the game. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting the more episodes get released and what else she reveals. I I did want to tell you another thing I saw in my scroll is a headline, Brielle and Ariana Bierman return to reality TV with a show about being cut off from famous parents. And it writes, Brielle and Ariana Bierman are heading back to reality TV, though this time life for the famous siblings looks a little bit different than viewers have seen before. People can exclusively reveal the Bierman sisters are working on a new reality TV series that follows the pair as they leave behind their lives of luxury in Atlanta and their celebrity parents for a move to LA where they hope to launch their own line of hair care products. I got to tell you right now, I don't care how many IQ points I may or may not be dropping watching that. I will certainly be tuning in and reporting back. If the Biermans have any fans, Emma's one of them. Like she is the I told you guys this last week. I just think the timing of this is so interesting given the news we reported last week about the family home potentially selling in foreclosure. Kim was like on her stories, not denying it, I would say, but definitely alluding to it in a very defensive way of saying, Do you think I'd sell my house for that much money? Watch when I'm here for Christmas and here for my birthday. Like everybody needs to just back off. Like that was sort of her tone instead of being like, this is completely untrue. I don't know where anyone got this from. So I got the vibe that definitely with this, where there's smoke, there is a fire. Her response was kind of bizarre, don't you think? I mean, I guess bizarre, but also very on brand because a cornerstone of Kim's personality is deflection. Like she will do anything in her power to kind of take the heat of the moment off of her, I I feel. (laughs) And this seemed to be very much in that same vein. She wasn't entirely denying it. She just seemed to be, I don't know, spinning the narrative a bit. Yeah, she loves to keep an illusion up no matter what really is going on behind closed doors. I guess we'll find out. I hope we do. I want to talk Salt Lake City for a second. (laughs) I I should say with much hesitation, want to talk Salt Lake City because I'm confused and I'm a little bit overwhelmed and I can't get over how much Angie H looks like Sarah Paulson. Just the feedback I've been getting from everybody who watches all of these shows is just they're struggling to make it through an episode and it's not a good feeling. And sometimes I think it's for us, we're coming from a different perspective because we're thinking about talking about it, recapping it. Like we really look at it from such a scientific perspective sometimes that an episode that might be harder for us to get through or we're thinking about recapping versus someone just watching it for fun is usually different. So I was so glad to hear people saying it was kind of like underwhelming them and confusing and that it wasn't just me. Well, I think the issue with Salt Lake City is that we are being so heavily introduced to Angie H specifically. And she is, I mean, when you think about it, she's the core kind of of this drama going on right now. And not only do we not really know her, we off the bat don't really like her. I mean, I don't think that she's a polarizing figure. I think 99% of people watching this are deeply mortified, honestly, on her behalf that her husband is starting a finsta to bully Lisa Barlow. Like, I don't know how we're glazing over that. That is ridiculous behavior. And anyone who is married to a guy like that and doesn't find it to be highly concerning is also concerning as far as I'm concerned. So like, I I can't commit to this person being the center of the drama when I don't even want to give her the time of day as an individual. Right. Like to me, she's just the woman that accused Lisa Barlow of her canceling her caterer on her. 
Right. And now all of a sudden she's here in a matching costume with Whitney and we're supposed to just care so much about her and her husband's dynamics and how she fits in the group. Like it was very abrupt. They served it all to us at one time. Her first breath was like, hi, I'm Angie and this is my husband. And he's like, yep, I made a fake insta. Like we had no suspense, you know? Yes. It just is so weird in the delivery that we didn't even get Jen being upset for one minute or Lisa looking into this Instagram, even if it was fake. Like, by the way, this is when a rare moment where I'm like, you could have given us a little fake scene of them saying, look at all these things that are being said online. It's hurting my family so much. And then he could drop the bombshell. Yeah, exactly. We were met with it a little bit too quickly. But the other thing is like, I think at this point in the show, whether or not you like Lisa Barlow as a person, you can recognize what she brings to Salt Lake City. And so to have this kind of side character come in with her objectively childish husband and then be the person that's trying to take Lisa Barlow down, it's not going to be received well by the audience. Like, I just don't think that there's any world in which this situation really gets the fans on board. Because as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, wait a second, you're telling me you're coming in and immediately you have it out for Lisa Barlow? It's there's no way. No, and and even if you do or don't love Lisa, she is 100% carrying this season. You know though, as I've kind of been reflecting on the show in general, some could argue she's always been carrying it. <laughs> like even at her most unlikable, which was very real for me at least. I'm looking back, I'm like this show would not be what it is without Lisa. For Meredith, for example, the beginning of this season, she was heavily involved, and now she's sort of a backseat. Like the only time we're seeing her is as Heather's fake assistant for the choir auditions and in the bathtub with Seth. Lisa doesn't have down moments. Like she is always on. She's always involved somehow. She always has commentary in some way. And she just like has no days off. I saw this on Twitter somewhere. I don't know if the person phrased it exactly like this, but it was something to the effect of like, Lisa has an impenetrable sense of confidence, and that is one of the things that makes her so alluring because it's, yes, on some level, is she narcissistic? Absolutely. But the way that she presents her confidence is so satisfying to watch. What is the line she said this week about God when she was like, I am very important to God? And she says it with such a straight face and such delivery. And to me, I can do nothing but take that and like really, really put it on a pedestal. The singing audition for me just says everything you need to know about Lisa Barlow. She walks in. She gives it her all. She can't wait to ask everybody how amazing it was and if they heard her. And she's just like, she is a main character. I was about to say main character energy. Absolutely. And I think that that is worthy of noticing. But hold on. A lot of things we have to talk about here. First of all, <laughs> the conversation with Heather and Whitney I don't know how anyone else felt about this. And I actually saw some mixed reactions online. To me, I'm looking at Whitney, like, make it make sense. How is it physically possible for you to be upset at Heather for not reaching out about something that you never told her about? It's so presumptuous to think that she would just learn about it or read about a headline online or like be stalking Twitter enough to like get this piece of gossip and then call you to find out if it's true. You guys... So we would think, and I think so Heather would think, are best friends and cousins. 
Like, wouldn't that be one of your first phone calls normally before you got into this weird space? So now it just feels like Whitney's testing her. And to me, that's unfair. You cannot expect people to read your mind. I don't know if anyone else is feeling this way, but something that I've kind of been getting in touch with recently is like, this is the first time that we are getting this perspective on Whitney and Heather, meaning we've always seen them as a duo. And now suddenly they're kind of on their own and more than just on their own, they're kind of feuding. And as I'm watching this, and I do want to be cautious to not sound insensitive to what Whitney's going through because like reliving that trauma is very, very real. But that aside, as I'm watching her and Heather kind of navigate this strange space they're in, I'm almost thinking to myself, like, how were they ever super close? Because to me, they are on such different levels in terms of their emotional maturity and the way that they handle situations, which maybe could be seen as Heather at times being slightly condescending to Whitney. But to me, I'm just like... I think as Heather, you have to have a lot of patience. I don't know if you or anyone else feels that way, but it was something I was really picking up on when I was watching that scene of the two of them together at Heather's house. Right. Like they've such different methods of not just communicating, but dealing with things. And even their outlook on situations is so, so different. I guess maybe they haven't had to confront a lot of issues in the past. I think being on the show definitely elevates everything to a whole new level and brings up a lot of emotions and also complicates relationships and friendships in such a way. Even if they are different or not seeing eye to eye, it really, really breaks my heart that they're not on good terms. But think about it, for example, when last season or two seasons ago, when Heather and Jen were really going through it, and remember they went to the igloo and they kind of had that heart to heart sitting around like all of that ice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a ridiculous sentence, by the way. But <laughs> Even though their fights were like really kind of nasty and Jen, I think in a lot of ways, was just super disrespectful to Heather, it somehow still felt more evenly matched than whatever's going on here. Meaning to me, it felt like they were going to reach a resolve in a little bit more linear way. Like, I don't know, at least with Jen, it was she was telling you straight, whereas with Whitney, it just everything gets so convoluted. But maybe maybe I'm off. I, I I'm just, I'm trying so hard to uh, wrap my head around this argument and it just feels like it's missing something. Well, that's what I'm saying. I just think Whitney is now constantly testing everybody and all of a sudden Heather is in the middle of this like deep exam that she didn't even know she signed up for. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a certain amount of grace that has to be given to Whitney because obviously what she's going through is like really heavy and it's really taking a psychological toll on her, which I think is something sure. like you, of course that has to be acknowledged. But at the same time, I think for Heather to, I don't, I want to say be treated in this way because I don't feel that she's being disrespected, but for this dynamic shift to occur almost seemingly so abruptly, I don't know. I think that I would be a little bit frustrated if I was Heather. And I feel like Whitney understands how much everything is affecting her, but she's not seeing that she's not communicating how much it's affecting her. She's sort of just acting on it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I think it's like a really hard thing to balance, right? Because you, on some level, you aren't fully aware of the toll that it's taking on you. So you don't know how much of that you need to vocalize. It's it's very right. similar to even when you know she was getting upset at Heather, like we were talking about for not calling her. For her to say that out loud, in her mind, that had to make total sense. You know, like she's yeah. clearly the wheels are turning in her mind. It's not, I don't believe that she's coming to Heather with these like unwarranted things she's upset about. I think in her mind, it's very warranted, but I just find that there's a slight disconnect. And so I, yes, I am very hopeful that they'll find that connection again. But I don't know. Right now, this it wasn't looking so hot. 
No, definitely not so hot, which breaks my heart again and again. So Mother's Day is coming up, and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics Mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. We got to go back to Jen and Angie for a second because when Jen screams at her and it's like, when you get married to someone, that is your other half, basically saying that Angie is responsible for her husband's actions based on the fact that she's married to him. And Angie's like, so what you're being accused of right now, is Sharif responsible for it? And without skipping one beat, Jen just goes, I'm innocent. This perfectly sums up Jen Shaw, like making an amazing point, but also being like such a hypocrite. And standing so firm in her position and what she wants everyone to believe. Like that is just the epitome of Jen Shaw right there. And this was so perfect and so ridiculous because here are Angie and Whitney standing outside in these costumes. Jen coming out in a neon pink suit to just give her a piece of her mind. Then we have Angie Kay, new friend of, who's just all of a sudden part of the narrative. It was a great housewife scene. I just wish I cared more. You wish you felt more connected to either Angie, right? Yes, yes. I'm no. just not feeling the love for the Angies yet. I don't know them. I, I will say, though, that I felt more love for Angie K than I did for Angie H. Like, to me, yes. I, I'm sorry. 
not to quote Jen Shaw, but Angie's Angie H's husband ruined her for me. Like I, <laughs> there's got to be something a little bit off with you to be married to a guy that is willingly doing something like that, and then so openly and not proudly talking about it, but so willing to discuss it at a dinner with Seth and Meredith Marks for a show that your wife is not even like a full time cast member on. Right. It just feels very bizarre. Very, very bizarre. I mean, talk about an ick. And so desperate. Right. Like he's a a 10, but he creates a finsta to bash another housewife. All right. Let's not – a 10 is generous. (laughs) No, but – okay. Mauricio does that. Mauricio is dropping from like a 9 to a solid 4. Mauricio would have to do way more than that to drop in my book, but I get where you're going with it. The one other thing I want to mention is the situation between Heather and Lisa. (laughs) Because to me, it's like – If I'm Lisa, I am absolutely pissed and I certainly want to do everything in my power to prove that I was not in fact lying and that I was made out to look worse than I actually was, totally. However, and this is just my opinion and I may absolutely be operating from a place of bias because to me, I'm like, as bad as Heather may look for not entirely showing the story in its full truth, you look worse for bringing up her dead father and the timeline of his death as a continued plot to prove your innocence. And maybe I'm wrong in that because it's, you know, I fully see an argument for being like, okay, but she was made out to do something that she didn't do and she wants to clear her name. I fully get it. I just think using someone's dad's obituary as a way to clear your name, I don't know. I don't think you're going to get me to subscribe to that. I think it's a low move. I think it's low too. Even if she technically is correct, you're never going to win that battle. And I think in Lisa's mind, it's like, hmm, she's weighing. Like, what would be worse? Maybe offending Heather and, like, going forward with this tweet or gaining, like, the reassurance from everyone that I'm not a liar and my public perception being saved in a way. Like, I think to her, her image is so much more important than potentially hurting someone's feelings. And I don't even think she thought that that would hurt Heather's feelings. Like, I don't even know if Lisa really operates in that way. But I think, like, what's lost here is maybe Heather at the reunion, this is my prediction, will say, yeah, Lisa, you were technically right. If you look at the dates and times of the screenshots, I'll give it to you. You were right, and I was wrong about the actual timing. But from my perspective, here's how I received the text, and all I can remember is how it made me feel. So I was expressing to you like maybe where some of my anger and animosity toward you is coming from because I received those texts that seemed really, really tone deaf given what I was going through. Like it was not about oh you sent this on Friday and he didn't die till Saturday. It was he was not doing well, and you maybe weren't paying attention to that. And I got your messages and this is how it made me feel. And that's why I still feel a space away from you. Wait, I have two separate responses that I want to say to what you just said. The first is, I don't think Lisa's weighing anything. I don't think in her mind she was thinking, well, maybe what looks worse, proving myself to be right or potentially invalidating Heather's feelings. I think she has a one track mind, which is I am going to prove my truth and going back to the point about her confidence, she feels so deeply confident in who she is and and the strength of her character that I don't think she feels bringing up Heather's dad's obituary even has a potential to kind of tarnish that. Whether or not she can acknowledge that it's not the best look, that's a separate thing. I don't think she's afraid of what that may do to her character because I, when she says, I'm important to God, I think she internalizes that so deeply that like she had a one-track mind in doing this. Second of all, 
If I'm Lisa and Heather says to me that when she received my text about her dad, hoping he feels better, she thought it was callous in nature, I'm pissed. Because no part of me thinks that Lisa was texting Heather that, knowing the full scope of what was going on and knowing that her dad was surrounded in hospice, wanting to text out of any sort of malintent. Like I just, to me, you have to be a deeply flawed human being to do that. So like when I'm hearing Heather say that to Lisa, I'm getting re-pissed on her behalf, absolutely. But at the same time, it's Heather's feeling. And I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I just think the posting of the obituary is so low. Well, I think for Heather, it also just sums up everything she doesn't like about Lisa and it's personal to her. So it's like a double whammy of just Lisa sort of being in her own world, kind of selfish and choosing whatever the better choices for her in any given situation and like not really knowing how to be a good friend in the way that Heather would expect. So like all of that wrapped up together, it just sort of is like, Lisa, this is why we can't get along and also probably why a lot of other people can't really get along with you. But you know what's so interesting? If you look at this from a little bit of a bigger picture, and I'm not saying that Lisa and John were doing this strategically, but I am just saying we have that narrative, which is that Lisa is so deeply selfish that even in a moment of someone else's like deepest heartbreak, she is prioritizing making herself look good. And then that's juxtaposed with the scenes of her and John, where he's basically saying her being so selfless and being so there for everyone else is actually starting to take a toll on him and the kids. You know, it's like two things in direct opposition. One is her, she's so selfish, she'll do anything. And the second is like, she's so selfless that it's actually impacting her ability to be there for her nuclear family. So it's like, which which narrative are you going to believe the most? Right. And that like her biggest problem is that she's taking on everybody else's problems, which like, by the way, those two things can exist within the same person with her family and her siblings. She could be completely selfless and act a different way than she does with her friends. And it all could be related. And we could probably break down and analyze this for hours and hours, but you're right. It is funny to feel both of those emotions about someone or be told those things about someone within the same hour. Yeah. And I think that honestly, probably both are true because I think the relationship she has with her siblings is probably different than any relationship she has with her friends or ever could have with her friends. And I, I mean, I don't think that that's a bad thing. And there's something to be said for that being your family. No, that's a hundred percent allowed. A lot of people are two different types of people when they're with many different groups or more than one type of person. So it's okay if you're one way with certain people, your siblings, and another way with like this group of new friends that you're on TV with. I think it'd be weirder if you're exactly the same. I think that's more rare. I got to tell you also, just as a side note, this could change. But if you ask me right now, what do I think? Did Sharif have any idea about what was going on with Jen? My answer is going to be no. I know we've discussed it before and we've said that, but I was watching this scene again. I don't think he's that good of an actor. Like I genuinely think he was as shocked as the rest of us. Wow. Really? Yes. I genuinely believe it. I think that he may have known something was a little bit going on in terms of like, where is all of this extra money coming from? But I genuinely do not believe that he had knowledge of her defrauding elderly people. I I'm, I don't know. Unless you think he's putting on the greatest act any house husband has put on, I don't believe that given the way that he conducts himself, that he would be okay with living with this type of like immorality. You don't think so? I don't know. Like I go back and forth. I think 
because Jen is such like a good actress, it almost like makes me skeptical. They're married, you know, it's like you really feed off each other. They've been together for so long. I guess that's sort of how we felt watching Erica in the beginning. Very different, obviously, but our consensus was sort of, I think she knew something and had some questions, but wasn't like in on it. And I think to a degree, that's how I'm feeling about coach is I think he knew some things. I think she probably bamboozled him, but he doesn't seem angry with her. So I I just don't know where it all lands. And every time I see them sitting down and having like these strong supportive relationship talks, it surprises me because not that I'm surprised he's supporting her. I just always felt like, you know, from day one, their marriage felt rocky and like they had a lot of ups and downs. And this feels like, I don't know. I thought that like he, they would be divorced by now. Maybe he's waiting for the trial. Maybe when she's in jail, I don't know what that looks like, but to me, it's like, I don't think they're together forever. I'm not saying they're together forever, but wouldn't you say that them not being together forever would be more uh, like proof or more reasoning to think that he didn't have the a full extent of what was going on? Yeah, I guess so. I, I like I flip flop every single day, but it's also we have to think about what is being shown on the show, like one five minute conversation versus the whole rest of their relationship. Like I think he's also kind of invested in the show and is probably acting different and really globbing it on more than he is in real life. See, and one million percent, this is probably the unpopular and potentially very naive opinion. I actually don't like, and I'll put it like this. It's it's not because I think that he's like the, the greatest person in the world. That's not what I'm saying. I think that Jen Shaw, while being so entertaining and fun to watch, is also not the easiest person to be married to. She, of course, brings a certain level of drama to any situation. And if we want to speak quite frankly, it's the reason that she's been so fun to watch, even at her worst moments. But she brings that same drama in a different way to her marriage. Even when discussing a serious situation, there's still a certain level of drama. And I think maybe that's just her camera presence, but I actually think that's how she is in real life. And so with Sharif, he he also has a certain level of almost drama that I think he has to maintain in order to be married to her. You know, like yeah, to match her level of energy. Yes, like, and I don't just mean on camera. Like, I, I swear to God, I think that these talks happen off camera because when she came onto the show in the first place, she always talked about a coach shop pep talk. It's yeah. not like a coach shop pep talk is something that just came on since she's been indicted. God, to be a fly on the wall in the Shaw household. Oh, I would do anything, anything. <laughs> People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. 
So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Within the course of this whole episode of Potomac, I felt so happy and excited to see Ashley and Candace hanging out and just being friendly and chatting like nothing ever happened but also selfishly like happy to see them back <laughs> fighting. So at one moment, I want them to be friends, but the other moment I remember how iconic and epic they are when they're enemies. Okay. Yes, I so relate to that feeling, but I hated the way that this went down at the burn session because honestly, I'm happy to be witness to them fighting when it's about something of substance. This to me, and I say this as a fan of Ashley's, this to me felt low and this to me felt really calculated because Ashley may have had a little bit of an argument until she said, oh, you don't like how it feels. She lost me there. It was like you in that moment, you just showed your cards and you showed that this has so much less to do about Chris and so much more to do about you getting satisfaction from giving to Candace what you believe she gave to you in terms of Michael Darby. And what I want to say to Ashley is like, I am not saying that women have not potentially felt uncomfortable by certain comments Chris has made. I'm, I don't know these women. I'm not taking that away from them. But don't you dare to try to equate Chris's potentially flirty DMs with Michael Darby's actual sexual assaults and like very public adultery. Well, I also wanted to say to Ashley, like, you really thought you did something there, but actually you're just proving Candace's points because she has said, like, I got to watch out for her. I don't trust her as far as I can throw her, basically, like, that 
she has no reason to ever want to start a relationship with her. So here she is ready to start a relationship. Like you guys had these two nice interactions and it felt like, okay, maybe the respect is at least there for each other. So for you, the very first opportunity you have to break that, like this would have been such a good moment. Yeah, she did bring the DM thing to Candace on their own one-on-one, like fine, one time. But if you really actually had something, come to me privately again or call me or text me or say, I have something else to tell you about Chris. You know, I want to do it the same way that I did last time because I think that that went really well. What in the time period from her sitting at Candace's house to them sitting at the table at Wendy's party changed that Ashley decided she was going to use this as ammo to attack Candace. Right. And the other thing that I think Candace really has on her side in this is that so many times in Housewives, they make like these false equivalencies. And it's frustrating because you're like, those two situations are not the same. The way that you handle that is not at all indicative of how I should be handling this. It is so rare that we literally have pretty much the exact same situation in terms of what Ashley's saying. Of course, it's scaled down. But basically, like, I have some shit about your husband that isn't so great. Just like Candace had some shit about her husband that wasn't so great. And the way that Candace handled this is not at all the way that Ashley is handling this. And Ashley's was worse. Like, right. <laughs> like Candace gave so much more grace to Ashley for a situation that she frankly didn't have to. And I, if I'm Candace, I'm more than pissed. I'm really hurt because you're right. It's like she was treading lightly knowing that she had to, but she, I think was cautiously optimistic and sorry, now I'm getting fired up. You know, the other thing that Ashley lost me in this, what, when she says, and he was looking at Mia She just pulled that out, right? It was like, I'm going to throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks. And again, I am not even going to go as far as to say that he wasn't because I was not in that room and I have no idea. It was the way that she did it that I felt was so inauthentic and mean-spirited. Well, I also think Mia felt like she was really being thrown under the bus because at that point she had not said anything. And based on her reaction, it didn't seem like she was going to. Like maybe she just wanted to add in the conversation the first time they were having it and sort of pile on and like – be part of the gossip. But as soon as Ashley said that, she was like, well, not sexually. Like, I didn't feel like that. Maybe she did and didn't want to discuss it now, but it just sort of felt like, why are you bringing me into this? Like, I wasn't making it a thing. And now all of a sudden I'm going to be part of this fight. Right. She even said, she was like, yeah, I mean, maybe he was looking at me, but not sexually. Like she felt inclined to make that clarification. Right. Yeah. The other thing, and I think it was Candace that said this in her confessionals, like, Ashley admittedly is going through right now. Like the way that Michael is handling all of this is just mean and of course would make a person feel shitty because like naturally who operates like this? But to me, I I would go as far as to say that what Ashley's doing to Candace is like a direct result of just feeling unhappy at home, which I know is like the most baseline argument that everyone says, like, you know, hurt people, hurt people and whatever. But I kind of think that that's what's happening here. I do too because I honestly can't think of another explanation, which is crazy. I mean, yeah, they don't like each other, but they did like each other and they were kind of building a foundation. And sometimes Ashley can be such a like rational and good friend. So it just feels like very out of her character for what to do this. Like if Candace had done something to her in the meantime – hundred percent. I would understand you have this like quote evidence, you have something to bring to the table, like bring it, you know, you, that's how you do the job, but nothing happened in this time. I also would say, and I don't know how other people feel about this. 
if you ask me like historically between the two of them, whose side have I been on more? I'd probably say Ashley. Like I just, even with the whole thing with Candace and Monique, Monique was objectively wrong. Like that was terrible. Candace should have never had to go through that. And there's no excusing that. There's no like, but none of that. In addition to that, I also think the way that Candace handled it wasn't great. It's not like I've thought that she had a perfect kind of track record in all of this, but in this one interaction, like I'm in, I would say that I'm entirely team Candace. I'm not even partially team Candace. Same. It's such a weird feeling watching this whole season because I think a lot of my like alliances or just automatic feelings of trust are very different than they have been watching the previous six seasons. Yeah. You know, like I'm so inclined to believe certain people or to be on teams like Candace's. I also think Candace has just changed a lot and has grown so much. So like we're getting the benefits of that. But yeah, I, I just like I really am feeling everything she's saying and I agree with pretty much all of her takes. I mean, who's to say next week when we see them really show down Ashley and Candace that that also won't change because like one minute we feel some way about someone and the other minute could flip flop based on like a one liner. But yeah, it's just been like such a unique experience watching this season and even feeling so sort of disappointed with Robin and Giselle. Yeah. Robin's losing me kind of. And I actually would say more than Giselle. Yeah. More than Giselle, but you know, they're kind of a package deal. They are a package deal. And of course, Giselle's going to back her up, but it's like I can appreciate how Robin says to Wendy, we are just oil and water, which is true. They they don't like each other. They don't really get along and that's fine. You shouldn't be forced to hang out with someone you dislike. But the way that Robin's going about it, I'm not, I'm not into it. I really loved how even when she called Sharice for like backup on, you didn't have to put your hands on me to like hold me back, right? And Sharice is like, no, no, no. And then they play the footage and it's like, yes, you did. Right there, how satisfying will that be for Wendy when she watches it? Those fucking editors. They have been on one recently. Hardest working people on the planet. Yes. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And 
I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. We were saying on uh, the Kardashian episode that like we would do anything to be on the editing room floor to see what what like Pete scenes were cut out because you only saw that little like side. I bet there's hours, hours. I know. I was saying like what I would give to literally just go in there and have an unfiltered viewing party of every Kim and Pete scene that was cut. I think they probably had to do the type of editing job that they did on the J Lo documentary, taking a Rod out. I don't think it was that much because Pete never wanted to be in it that much. Remember, like he, they always said, like being in the camera for him isn't so natural because he views it as when he's in front of the camera, he has to perform. I like know, he's on but it. the Met. No, the Met. I mean, but okay. I said to Julie though, and I, again, I could totally eat my words next week and be totally wrong. And I know that I'm overly optimistic in this situation, but like I'm standing by that. I know he was cut out from this episode. I cannot imagine he will be entirely cut out from next week. I just, I can't. I mean, he, as she said last week, he was her JFK. Yeah. No, I think there'll be like mentions. They'll show the scenes of them maybe getting in the car. Like she has left in little hints every episode, but I just can't imagine or I don't want to imagine what the season would have been like if they were like still going strong right now in real life because we would have gotten so much. Oh, no. Come on. Forget about it. That would have been a wealth of content. Yeah, it really would. But wait, going back to Potomac for a second, the other thing that I wanted to mention, just to go back, is when Ashley is at Candace's house and they're talking about the rumors of Karen and Ray and how, you know, Karen would apparently be out at restaurants with other guys. In the moment, I feel my bias coming up because it's like Karen is a housewife just like anyone else's housewife. And technically, her personal business should be up for grabs the way that anyone else on any franchise is. But for some reason, when they start going down the rabbit hole about Karen and Ray, I have the Will Smith, like, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth thing. Because yes. it's like, to me, I'm like, just no. Go with her for something else. Why do we have to go out Karen and Ray? I know. Like, what are they doing to you? But also, also, because she's been so uninvolved and really like the fairy godmother of the season, just imparting her wisdom and coming and going, I'm like, wh- why are you trying to bring her into this? You know, I almost feel like – She's Patricia Altschul on Southern Charm. Like, no one's trying to bring up shit about Patricia. She's just, like, there. She doesn't have to come to the reunion. And that is very much the figure that Karen has taken this season. And honestly, the other women probably don't like it. And they want Karen to be involved. Like, she's not some saint. I think, actually, sometimes they're annoyed when she acts, like, holier than thou. I personally love it. And I think it's a role that she is meant to play, especially at this point in her housewives career. But... 
it's just like, it's a weird experience to be like, why are you talking about her? Like she didn't do anything. Right. Like I know that that is a wrong thought process. She is literally a full-time cast member and someone who loves bringing up other people's drama. There's just something about it. And it could honestly, if you, like if I'm analyzing it super honestly, probably some of it is the age thing. There's a certain like respect your elders thing I feel about Karen and, and Ray. Like, and what, again, that is probably entirely incorrect. I'm just being honest. So yeah, I'm like, come on, no, no need to go down that rabbit hole. There's plenty of other things we can discuss here. Right. Like we have way more interesting topics. We've done the Karen and Ray situation. And you know what? Honestly, I love them together. I hope they like live a happy life and are great together. But if Karen's going to have dinner with some other guys once in a while, it's not the end of the world to me. Shouldn't get new tits for nothing. Right. Like look at the glow up <laughs> she's had. She looks fabulous. Let her... Let her take the toys out for a spin. Right. Exactly. Is she hurting anyone? I don't think so. Exactly. Oh, I actually wanted to mention this before I forget. We were going back and forth about whether or not to discuss Winter House. And at the time, there were just so many shows that we kind of had to pick and choose. And when we had asked people and we were getting DMs, it didn't seem initially that people were that interested in Winter House. Now that Beverly Hills and Southern Charm are both done, it feels that the interest for Winter House has spiked. To speak entirely transparently, we haven't been watching. So what we're going to do is we'll binge it this week, then we'll come back next week, talk about it generally, but also talk about next week's episode. And then going forward, we will discuss it. So I'm sorry for the lull. It seemed like that was kind of what people wanted when we had to pick and choose. And now people want it. So we're discussing it. Can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to watch. Well, I actually saw a headline about, uh, I guess Austin said something about him and Sierra, like that she was the last person he slept with before Olivia. And I saw that headline. I was like, you know what? I got to be watching this shit because I'm sucked right back in. Yeah. Of course we're going to watch and be like, how are we not watching it? You know, we follow these people so closely and also it'll be a great primer for when Summer House comes back. Totally. Just at a certain point, it was like we couldn't do more than four episodes at once, but it's, it's slowed down. We totally have the capacity to right now. Yeah, we love we love the flexibility, guys. And I would like to also alert that Summer House and New Jersey are airing the same week in February. So that's going to be a fun week. Wow. I know. Can't wait already. And Ultimate Girlship <laughs> will be coming sometime then. It's going to be stacked. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. And I will be back on... Monday with Julie and then Isabel and I will be back for probably next Friday.